Welcome. You are listening to the Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and head of mindfulness for Shoreline Meditation App. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. If these meditations support you and your practice, please consider donating to the show to support its continued growth, new offerings, and its ever-expanding team. You can find the link in today's show notes or simply visit merylarnett.com and click on podcast. All right, y'all, let's practice. All right. Happy Monday. Happy October. Here we go with a series that I am not going to lie. I have a lot of trepidation about teaching. And I knew this has been on my calendar. Like I knew this was the series and I have been sitting with it and playing with it and writing and rewriting and researching and thinking about what will be helpful, what will be useful on something that feels so big and so messy and so hard. And I want to start with like the upfront statement that I am not teaching this as some magical meditative genius on a pedestal who feels no discomfort around politics. I am in it with you. I am sweating and crying and feeling outrage and disengaging and doing all the things just like all of you are. And I'm really interested in what our meditation practice does for us how it might support us and what else we might need to be doing to take care of ourselves. And so that's just like a bit of the framework from where we're starting this conversation. This series is officially titled Building Political Resilience, and I am calling it Am I Crazy? Which is like how we're going to begin, <laughs> how we're going to begin tonight's talk. Because this is the thing I think often, and I'm curious, I, you know, feel free to nod your heads if you agree or shake your head if you disagree. But what happens for me, I can say, is I feel outraged or shocked or appalled. And I email representatives and I call and I go to rallies and I talk to my friends about it and I post things on social media like, I do the things that I can think to do. And then I hit a wall of exhaustion, despair, hopelessness, or anger, like let it all burn. I don't care. I'm done. And I shut down and I'm like, I'm out. Hard pass now. And because that vacillation happens so frequently and so often and for so long, I find myself being like, am I crazy? Like I keep doing this like psychotic loop of intense emotion. Am I crazy? And my friends, when we say to ourselves, am I crazy? This is the number one sign that you are being gaslit. Yeah. You know, this term, this term is in the news everywhere all the time. You're being gaslit. And so I want to start by talking about what does that actually mean, right? 
Because some of you maybe are like, yes, I love that word. Some of you maybe not so much. So it comes from a movie. A play, it was originally a play, then it was a movie called Gaslight. And in the movie, the protagonist is being slowly manipulated by her husband to believe that she is going insane. And one of the things that he does is he goes up into the attic and he messes with the lights so that it appears like in their house, the gas lights are flickering. And the main character says, do you see the lights keep flickering? Do you see? And he's like, no, I don't see anything. The lights are fine. You're crazy. And she believes it because nobody else sees that the lights are flickering. And the turning point in the movie is when somebody goes to their house and goes, did you notice the gas lights are flickering? That's the turning point in the movie is somebody says, did you notice the gas lights are flickering? That turning point is not the vanquishing of the evil husband. He's still in the attic flickering the lights. But the protagonist goes, oh, I'm not crazy. There's something happening, right? There is a power in naming something, even if it doesn't change the thing, right? I'm not here to say we're going to meditate and everything's going to feel great come November 8th and beyond, and we'll all live happily ever after. Nope. But I am here to say the gaslights are flickering. You are not crazy. Democracy is hard, really hard. It always has been. And maybe for some of us, we have lived through a period where it didn't feel that hard. Maybe for some of us, we were able to feel like, I don't really have to engage and it's going to be okay. And now I think for the vast majority of us, at least, we're faced with this moment where we realize, oh, right, <laughs> democracy doesn't exist without my participation which is a hard thing when we are tired and worn down and slowly be driven, being driven mad by somebody flickering gaslights and not acknowledging it. And so part one is let's just acknowledge where the landscape that we're in, which is not like democracy is this magical perfect thing out there. And if just if our party wins, it's all going to be okay. All of this horridness will disappear, right? That's just not the reality of the situation. This is a tough moment and it's asking of us to participate even though we might not see what we want to see happen. There's no guarantee, right? The gaslights are flickering. So as I'm thinking about this, I'm remembering a sentence, some of you probably remember a couple months ago, I was reading Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski, which is like one of my top recommends of the year. This book was, I thought, phenomenally done. And in this book, at one point, one of them writes that wellness is an action, not a state of being. 
Wellness is an action, not a state of being. And at the time I wrote that on a post-it note, it's sitting on the wall above my desk over here because that feels like something important to remember. And as I'm prepping for this class, I read this quote from John Lewis. Democracy is not a state. It's an act. And each generation must do its part to help build what we call the beloved community a nation and a world society at peace with itself. Do you hear this correlation? Wellness is a state of action. Democracy is an act. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. There's something there. And it led me to reflect on how does our democratic engagement And our self-care overlap. Do they overlap? And if so, how? And I think about when we're in high-stress situations, how are we taking care of ourselves? And hopefully the answer is we're drinking all the water and we're getting a lot of rest. We're doing something to complete that stress cycle in our bodies. We're walking, we're running, we're dancing, we're cycling, we're primal screaming, we're maybe meditating, doing something to move the metabolic experience of stress through our body. And then one of the techniques taught for dealing with stress is something called positive reappraisal. Positive reappraisal. Positive reappraisal is a coping mechanism. It's described actually as an active coping mechanism. Hear that correlation? Active. And it's a tricky one. So I really want you to listen for the distinction. All right. Let me actually, I want to just like read a sentence. So it's like very clear. All right. Positive reappraisal, a form of meaning based coping is a process by which stressful events are reconstrued as benign, valuable, or beneficial. A process where stressful events are reconstrued, reimagined, re-experienced as benign, valuable, or beneficial. Hear me say this clearly. This is not a disavowing of stress. This is not somebody saying, it's fine, I'm fine, it's all fine. Or look for the silver lining. There's a rainbow here somewhere. It's not that. It's not pretending something's okay when it's not okay. That is not what positive reappraisal is. What positive reappraisal is, is actually a mindful awareness of the depth of your experience. And I'll give you a real life example that happened today. I met a friend that I haven't seen in a couple years for coffee And she told me over coffee that she had disappeared because she was dealing with a breast cancer diagnosis. And naturally, as you can imagine, that diagnosis came with everything you might think comes with a cancer diagnosis, fear and some anger and a lot of overwhelm and all of those big, stressful emotions. 
And she also said to me, I am so surprised that I feel this tremendous amount of gratitude for the diagnosis because all of a sudden I had no choice but to drastically reevaluate how I was spending my time, who I was spending my time with, the way I was engaging with my life. She did not at all say like, I'm so glad I got a cancer diagnosis or it's fine. I'm not upset at all. None of that. But within all of the truth of her stress and fear and worry, there was also an awareness of some value from the experience, something that she could take and grow with. This is positive reappraisal. It's not to negate the messiness, but it is to have enough awareness to wonder, what might I learn from this? How might I use this to grow or engage differently or uphold my values to a new level? And so when we think about democracy as something that requires our action and is undoubtedly going to be stressful. That's like not even an adequate word, right? But that's the word we'll go with. Undoubtedly stressful. Is there also something of value to glean in this moment. I wonder if it's something about remembering that we value democracy, that democracy is a choice that we get to stand up for or not. I wonder if it is a exploring of how we feel, engage, think about big, scary words like capitalism and patriarchy, right? I don't know what the value might be for you, but I think the starting point for us as we talk about building political resilience is making sure that we're initiating all of the self-care pieces that are also the democratic engagement pieces. So we, you know, this, I sent you guys an email saying this is a meditation series like normal, but it's also an invitation to be part of a meditation challenge, which is really nothing more than you saying, I'm in, let's do this together. In which case you're going to do your very best to meditate every single day from today all the way through November 8th and then hopefully beyond. It might be for three minutes or five or 10 or 20. You get to pick, but every single day. And then once a week, I'm going to post a reflection question or exploration in the community that I want you to answer. And this first week, are we drinking enough water? Are you sleeping enough? 
Are you doing something to complete the stress cycle in your body? And can we explore this idea of positive reappraisal? I left out that one of the really interesting things is as positive reappraisal has become this like mm, psychological interim, like, oh, this, this has been proven to work and address stress. So let's start to teach it and talk about it. One of the ways that it's studied is hand in hand, hand in hand with mindfulness meditation. Because here's the truth. How can you reappraise a thought when you're not aware of it? You can't, right? To be able to look at a thought that feels messy and hard and scary and go, is there value here? We have to be able to first see that thought in a way that's not judgmental. Definition of mindfulness meditation. In our practice, we're building that metacognition, that ability to watch our own thought process and be curious about it. So we'll meditate together tonight. And this is meditation 101. Can we be here for our 20-minute practice and just notice our thoughts? Can we build the awareness of our thought processes so that when we want to cultivate that positive reappraisal, we can. When we find ourselves saying, this is impossible. I'm out. I cannot do it another second. I can't engage. Can we be aware that that's happening and go, okay, so what's here? What's here for me to learn, to sit with, to grapple with? And maybe what's here is, whoa, you haven't taken a break. You've been reading all the news websites and firing off the emails and you haven't eaten and you haven't had a sip of water and you haven't slept. So go do those things and then come back. Or maybe it's right. The gaslights are flickering. I'm not crazy. This is hard. And I still am going to show up because democracy matters to me. Because social justice matters to me. Because the environment matters to me. I mean, you pick your issue. But we got to show up, right? Okay. So week one of building political resilience is building the skills to complete the stress cycle in our body so that we can handle it. Yeah. Let's practice together. Take a minute. And I really want you to like move a little bit because we start talking about all this stuff and it like builds in our body. So move your shoulders, move your ribs, stretch your legs if you need to. And gradually when you feel ready, Let's let ourselves come to a seat. Finding a comfortable seat where you can sit up tall. If it feels safe for you to close your eyes, I hope you'll do so. And if that doesn't feel quite right, just take a soft gaze down towards the ground. Together as a group, Take a deep inhale in through your nose. 
and exhale a sigh out of the mouth. We'll just do that again. Inhale, gathering up everything going on in your body. And with an exhale, letting it all go. And allowing your breath just to flow. Inviting yourself to land fully here. The circle of Monday night meditators. And the larger circle of meditators across space and time. And maybe even in the largest circle of all. That of a humanity that is trying to get it right. Knowing that we don't have the answers. We can't see the full picture. And yet somehow, some way in this moment, we take our seat. We feel earth, cushion, chair beneath us. We feel our bodies upright and awake. And we state without fear or hesitation, now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. statement invites in a respite from our day. It invites in an opportunity to complete the stress cycle in our body. And it invites in the opportunity to notice our thoughts. And so we set ourselves up for the greatest success by allowing our spines to be tall. And dropping our shoulder blades back and down away from your ears. Letting the top of your head lift up just a little bit. And we let go of all the muscles in the face. Smoothing out between your eyebrows and across your forehead. Softening the skin around the eyes. 
and letting go along the jaw and the inside of the cheeks. Taking a moment just to feel breath moving through your chest. And to unclench the muscles in the belly. And we allow ourselves to sit here freely and easily breathing. honing our attention to focus solely on the breath. So that you're feeling breath as you breathe in. And you're feeling that breath as you breathe out. In a moment, we'll settle ourselves into a period of silence. Each of us feeling the breath. And each of us watching our thoughts unfold. Noticing without judgment, without conversation or narration. You simply notice what you're thinking and you return to feel this next breath. And sit here now for about 10 minutes in silence.
Feeling your breath here. See if you can notice that thought that was just running through your mind. When you feel ready, deepening your breath, straightening up your spine if you slumped over. You might wiggle into your fingers and your toes. When you feel ready, taking a deep breath in and taking all the time you need to blink your eyes open and to let go of the practice. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Minute. If you're enjoying these episodes, please consider leaving me a review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps others to find this show. To learn more about my live classes, virtual meditation retreats, my meditation app, Shoreline, or to make a donation to the show, please visit MerylArnett.com. Thanks again. I'll see you next week.